Welcome to Cambridge. Cool. All right. My pleasure. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us uh, at Cambridge Judge Business School. Uh, this is the final event of our inaugural edition of uh, the Cambridge Open AI Day. Uh, and with me, we have uh, Francois Candelon, uh, who has very graciously flown in from Paris today. Uh, By train. By train. More By sustainable. Train. Uh, Francois is... Uh, the managing director and senior partner at BCG, and also the global director of their think tank, which is the Boston Consulting Henderson Institute. Yep. Uh, and he's also a thought leader in AI, uh, speaking at global conferences and to CXOs around the world. And he's been kind enough to share those insights with us today as well. Uh, so Francois will deliver a presentation to us, uh, and we will have a short Q&A session after that. So you have questions, just keep them ready, and we will get to it very soon. Thank you for coming and over to you. So thank you very much. I'm extremely pleased to be with you uh, with you today. And um, originally, because as you said, I'm uh, having actually two roles at BCG. One which is very academic, doing, uh, let's say, um, studies, experiments, uh, writing articles in academic reviews. The other being more a practitioner. And I believe that being here, uh, I wanted to do, to come to, uh, let's say, one of more uh, uh, experiment with some professors from Harvard and MIT. Uh, and Romy told me, no, 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 no. You are working, you are here for a discussion with future leaders or already uh, leaders. So what we would love is what to better know what you are talking, what you are saying when you meet with CXOs, with CEOs uh, all, around the, all around the world. And so this is a bit what I will uh, do today, a short version of uh, what I'm telling them uh, at the moment. And this is my state of the art. So uh, I'm not saying that this is the state of the art because it would be a bit arrogant. Apparently, it's not too bad. So let's be arrogant a bit. Uh, but uh, then you will, uh, you will tell me later on. So first of all, when we talk about Gen.AI, and I always start with this, Gen.AI is your right brain, but AI as a left brain as well, which is what I call analytical AI. Some others will call it traditional AI and so on. And it's very important for you to keep that in mind because you do not solve the same problems with analytical AI, which is much more about decision making, compared to um, uh, Gen AI, where it is more about personalization, uh, content production, uh, new ideas, because to a certain extent, what was made with um, Gen AI is the fact that we are all, it's a bit as if you were talking to uh, something uh, totally freely uh, that, has, that has read everything, uh, but as an infinite memory, the only issue that we know is that memory is not reliable. And, and I think that these three elements are very important. You can speak freely. Basically, Gen AI can deal with the ambiguity of language. So each of us is now a programmer. Um, economically, the architecture, the transformer architecture, makes it economically viable to read everything. And third is, as we know, there are hallucinations. Some people believe it is a bug. I believe it is a feature. Uh, because it's important to have new ideas, things that you would not have thought about. Um, so this is something that is important. 
this is the first message. The second message, and here, even at uh, this business school, I will quote uh, Trotsky, Leon Trotsky, we are in a permanent revolution era. ChatGPT is just a very small wave compared to what will happen. We are already close to multimodality with Gemini. Uh, that will allow these large models to better understand, and I try not to be too anthropomorphic, but better understand the, the context because it will get trained not just on text, but on videos, on images, and so on, on, um, let's say, uh, songs from the shop floor, and so on. So it's very important. And then what we will have in the next five to 10 years um, is what we call autonomous agents uh, that are not just about um, uh, providing ideas or uh, new, uh, new texts or new images and so on, but that are acting. It's uh, a brain with, uh, with legs and, uh, and arms. And this will be the massive revolution. And I think it's critical today, as we will see, to keep in mind, to keep that in mind when you do a transformation uh, as a leader. And therefore, I believe there are four key um, elements uh, for leaders today. And basically, they know much less than you do on what it is. So we, are, we need to be a bit basic. Uh, the first is what I call the potential, uh, the, the platform, the policies, the people. On the potential, um, I try to avoid the word use case totally, because what we see that when you use the word use case, people think from a technological perspective, while when you want to leverage the potential of generative AI, you need to think in, um, with a business mindset. And basically, when you think about business, it's either you want to increase the efficiency or you want to improve the effectiveness, to increase the effectiveness. And, and this is why I don't like, for instance, Microsoft Copilot with, uh, where you say, oh, how do you do that? Oh, yes, I could, because it is a diffuse productivity. And at the end, generative AI costs a lot. Uh, it's very expensive. So either you go for efficiency, um, and it's a very good old re-engineering, but that I would say is Gen-AI-powered. Gen so basically, you revisit your processes, your workflows, but with Gen-AI. Or, um, and, and this, we, you can do it, and uh, I would say a series of uh, uh, functions are largely impacted by this. Marketing, customer service, support function, code development, it's really largely impacted and you have a massive, you can have, if you revisit your workflows, you can have massive productivity, you can have massive productivity impact. The second thing on the other side is trying to think about, okay, new ideas. And for instance, um, at uh, BCG, we've been working, for instance, with L'Oreal and uh, at the CES in Las Vegas, we released what is called the uh, virtual beauty assistant. And this is, in that case, very different what you do. But it's a lot about imagination. So I would say, on one hand, in a company, you need to improve efficiency. It's to try to do better with potentially less cost. Um, and therefore, there will be uh, let's, uh, some people that will uh, lose their employment 
uh, that's for sure. Uh, but we are in a creative destruction uh, cycle, a Schumpeterian cycle, so uh, there will be new jobs. So this is why you need, on one hand, to be effective, reengineering, efficient reengineering, and on the other hand, effective through imagination. And there are ways to make your company become more imaginative. And for that, I encourage you to read the book of one of my colleagues at uh, BHI, Martin Rees, which is called The Imagination Machine. It is a great book. But as we said, um, so um, something that on the uh, efficiency, um, as you will see, you are, um, we used to work a lot about knowledge management, pattern detection, content development, personalization, all of that will get condensed. But what is important at the moment is really to think about first about what you want to look for, to attend the prompt engineering with all what it is there. But more than that, as we said, there are hallucinations. So you will have to test and to revisit your workflows really from A to Z, adding testing capabilities, supervising uh, the uh, outcome of what is uh, done by, uh, by, the, uh, by, the, uh, by, the, by the LLMs. I give you here on the effectiveness uh, one example. This is a real example that we, um, we did with a, um, a car company and uh, with the engineers. And they, there is, this is what we call inverse design, where you give the functionalities that you want to get to the company, to the uh, LLM, uh, and then it will come with new ideas. And as you can see, you can see the result on the uh, top right corner of the slide. When you were discussing with the engineers, they were telling you this is not something we would have been able to think about. So I think that we need not just to look at uh, Gen AI as, okay, it is making things more efficiently, but really it can create new things, new ideas. I won't go into uh, details here, but it will significantly impact your IT infrastructure. And this is why, uh, because you will have uh, data layers with your proprietary data, um, with your uh, fine-tuned models, with your prompt libraries, you will have AI platforms. You already have with AI, you already have AI platforms with, uh, um, let's say, a tool that help you automate uh, the model uh, that, and, uh, that enable the uh, DevOps and MLOps best practices. And you will have the same like tool that will help you automate and optimize the user's prompt and that will help you, uh, um, let's say, uh, upload the latest, uh, uh, the latest uh, models uh, and so on. So, so there are things, security, will be at the core of it because with Gen AI, you drastically increase the vulnerability of your systems, both because Gen AI can help hackers go into your systems and because when you use Gen AI, you have increased vulnerability, for instance, with prompt injection, uh, where hackers are between your prompt and the result. And as you don't know what would come, they can really change the way uh, the results of what you, you get. So it's really important for business leaders to understand the technology just a bit to be able to challenge your IT, um, let's say the CIOs and the CTO that will come and say, oh, I need to do this and it will cost why, or on the other side that are not changing their architecture enough 
to uh, to that. So so the 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 the, the between the business and the technology, the, 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 it will be blurring a bit more. There are, of course, many risks about sensitive data leaks, the shadow AI. Just one example, if in a company you have a ban, and this is basically people are using it, and it's even worse because, and, and even in the US, um, I know a, a company in the defense industry, and you had 40% of their engineers that were using, let's say, uh, ChatGPT without and putting uh, data that should not be uh, on the, uh, that uh, should not train the model. So it's very important to accompany the wave. You have other things and so on, the lack of trust function, the corporate challenges, but I would say all this will be and can be mitigated. Uh, so it's a, it's an important element. Some will take a little bit more, but overall, this is not the main problem. I think that the big issue is more about your ability to learn and to know how to change. And this is one of the, the slides, and some of you apparently have already uh, looked at this, um, this article, but I want to explain it um, a bit because I think it shows in important elements. The first one, there are three messages basically that we found in this uh, study. The first one is that there are tasks where uh, human plus AI is much better than human. In that case, it was on the creative uh, task and so on. But at the same time, there are some other tasks where human and AI is actually much worse than human. And so there is a kind of a frontier, and it is a frontier that is shifting, and therefore you will always need to experiment. The second thing that we found in the middle, where human AI is much better than, uh, than human, we found three results. The first one is that there is a massive shift to the right. 90%, 9-0 benefited from being, being augmented, first point. The second point, as you can see, that almost two-thirds of the, uh, the people were now at the level of the best humans. And what you could see as well is that the, uh, the fact that you were below average, of course they were great, they were all BCG consultants. However, even at BCG, you have above and below average uh, of the group, was not predicting what you would get at the end. And, and I think that's very important because here, what it says is that you will be able to expand the talent pool because it's shifting to the right. So, uh, but you need to revisit your recruiting processes as well. The third thing on the, the right-hand side is that what we found is that while the result for uh, creativity was much better with AI, the diversity of ideas was much worse. So maybe, and we are actually working on it at the moment, and it will be a new paper in, uh, I think, April. We target mid-March, but I think it's more likely to be April or May, um, which is to see what are the ways to make human and AI cooperate. Because maybe very often people say, oh, we should have AI first at the first draft, and then humans will improve it. Maybe this is the other way around. We might have humans as a first draft and then to improve it with AI. And so we will see what, um, what will happen. And so, but 
what we see at the moment is that nobody, even then, and it's very important to see that is what I believe is the main roadblock is the ability for companies to really adopt these new technologies. As you can see, you only have a very limited number of companies, which after one year of ChatGPT, um, ChatGPT is almost 18 months old, uh, basically, so few companies have been really adopting it, and so few companies have been trying to bring it at scale. Um, and, and, and I think that's a very important point, because as you see here, the companies that are adopting it are really creating a source of competitive advantage. They believe they will have more cost savings, they believe they will have and be in a position to expand the market access. And I think at the moment that the different clock speed between these technologies, which are exponential, this is the adoption of these technologies, which is much more linear, make that the source of the competitive advantage for companies in the coming years will be the adoption of these new technologies. And so it's very important for you. So it's the, the rate of learning will become the source of competitive advantage. So this is for me um, a very important point uh, because I have many clients that tell me, yes, but there will be a, a new technology coming. So maybe I should wait for the next one. No, you should not because if you're not trained today, your organization to adopt these technologies, the next one, the, 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 the threshold will be actually much higher. And therefore, what you need to do is really to embark into this journey as quickly as possible. You told me I was a bit long. <laughs> Thank you. I stop here. All right. Uh, so based on what you just said, the companies can get competitive advantage based on their rate of learning. So is that something that they're looking at when it comes to hiring practices that they look at people who can be creative because creativity is a part of it as you mentioned with gen, gen ai and they're looking for these kind of talent to bring them in is that a trend that you're seeing or is that something the cxos are thinking about no i i think that it's it's a bit early so companies are slow uh but i think that what they realize is that training upskilling reskilling strategic workforce planning will be at the core of it. And what they need to do is to identify the capabilities they want to develop. And, and therefore, as I said, I believe that they will go for leaders. The imagination, the, the ability to imagine will become more important. The ability to deal with the ambiguity of these technologies. So um, the uh, I think that it's a bit, at the same time, there is a polarization. You need to understand technologies more and to understand what it can do, at least for the adoption. But at the same time, for the adoption, I would say that humanities, philosophy, uh, how to deal with that, what does it mean, becomes more important. This is from this combination, from imagination and understanding of the company, of the technology, that really companies that are able to assemble it in a, fruitful way will be the one that will thrive. Very good. Understood. Good. All right. Uh, I would like to take this chance to thank the online audience. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And we will be back shortly with more exciting guests for you. Thank you. Thank you.